Hello and welcome to Journey Church North County. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. All right, thank you, Julian. I'll just preach without my notes. How about that? How are y'all doing? Great. It's a joy for me to be here. Most parents I know are proud of their children. And on behalf of Parkside Church, I want you all to know that we're really proud of you, okay? We're really proud of Journey Church. So give yourselves an applause, a hand. All right. And uh, when uh, Cody called me yesterday, I was in the middle of a soccer game, and he told me that uh, he wasn't feeling well. So uh, he asked me to come in and cover for him, and I'm really excited to be here. So uh, <clears throat> I do have, you know, he's from Louisiana, and I'm from L.A., so I have a, a different accent also. He's from L.A., Louisiana, I'm from L.A., Latin America. So, uh, <laughs> so we both have an accent that, you, that you'll notice soon. But uh, as uh, Nicole mentioned, I work also for a Dynamic Church Planting International, training church leaders all over the world. And I want to show a few photos um, of my family, uh, of, uh, sorry, of churches that I've visited in India and uh, uh, in South America, Venezuela, uh, in Africa. That was a church that we helped to launch in Spain, Europe, uh, Africa again, uh, in, in New Zealand, and uh, in South America. That's Brazil, actually, a different part of Brazil, a really poor area. And, uh, and we have helped we have trained church leaders to uh, plant churches all over the, literally all over the world, in over 125 countries, and uh, those churches have one thing in common: they uh, they preach the gospel, they make disciples, and our goal is to help them be healthy churches. Our goal is not to help people to build buildings and to write Christian songs in different languages. Our goal is to help plant healthy churches. And uh, as we began 2019, wouldn't it be great if every church in the world became healthier, right? And I've got news for you. Every church in the world can be healthier. And if every Christian in the world will become a healthier Christian, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a, in a fitness sense of the word, because I wouldn't be a good role model for that, but in the Bible sense of the word, uh, I think every church can be healthier. And uh, if you were to look for a place or you know, uh, where we could learn more about healthy churches. You know, there are blogs, there are websites, there are books we can read from. But the best source of all uh, that we could learn with how to be a healthy church is if we study the first church that ever existed, right? So would you please turn your Bibles to me, uh, with me to uh, Acts chapter 2. <coughs> so we're going to study the, the first church that was, ever, that was ever planted, the church in Acts 2 that was founded by the apostles themselves. So everything that Christ uh, did while on earth was, re was reproduced by the apostles after Christ you know, rose, uh, you know, uh, went to heaven and left his disciples here to continue his work um, after he uh, rose, from the, um, rose after the third day. So if you read with me in Acts 2, Aaron, is it okay if I take your music stand? All right. Thank you. All right. This is a little better. Much better. All right. I'll let you do your thing later. 
All right. Thank you guys for being patient. A healthy church is always flexible in their liturgy. <laughs> All right, cool. So turn with me uh, to uh, X2. I don't know if you have it in the screen or not, but X2 verses 42 to 47 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet <clears throat> together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So would you please close your eyes and bow your head so we can pray? Father, thank you so much for your word. And we pray that you speak to us this morning. And we pray that you open our minds to understand and our hearts to accept what you want to teach us today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So the early church, you know, they were known for their sound doctrine. You know, the verse 42 starts, that they starts by saying that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the apostles' teaching was consistent with everything that Jesus taught the disciples during his three-year ministry here on earth. On earth. Um, the, the apostles' teaching was, um, was, co was compatible with the rest of Scripture. You know, Scripture from beginning to end. You know, it's inerrant, so it contains no error. It's infallible, it never contradicts itself. And it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the, 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 the apostles were teaching the early church everything that Christ himself had taught them. And this is so important because if we get this, this principle wrong, everything else we do in any church will be wrong also. Because the church, you know, knowing the truth, is the, you know, the truth that is from, the, you know, from Genesis to Revelation will, will set the tone, will, will send the set the foundation for, the, for everything else we do in church as we do outreach, as we do discipleship, as we worship. So knowing what Scripture says determines what everything else is done in every church. So sound doctrine was consistent with the teachings of Jesus and compatible with the rest of Scripture. So the Bible says here that uh, the apostles, uh, they were teaching a radical message. They were teaching people to turn the other cheek, to walk the second mile, to forgive more than once, more than twice. And, uh, and this radical message was backed up by signs and wonders. So this radical message that they were teaching and with this, with this force called the Holy Spirit made them unstoppable. And nothing stopped them. And then if you continue reading, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Now, fellowship. Let's stop there for a minute. The, the, the word in Greek for fellowship is koinonia. Isn't it great to hear a Greek word spoken in English with a Portuguese accent? Welcome to the global world. All right. Koinonia. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They were intentional about relationships. Number two, the second mark of a healthy church is intentional relationships. They were serious about spending time together. They were serious about 2,000 years ago than people are today with Facebook and, and Instagram and, you know, all the social media. They had the real social network without the Internet. How cool is that? 
and they were serious about their relationships to the point that uh, they enjoyed being together, not because they needed each other, but because they wanted to be with each other. There was no hidden agenda. They just enjoyed being together. And then as we continue reading in verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So what is prayer? I'm glad you asked. Prayer is simply simply talking to God, right? And there are four components to prayer. When we pray, we thank God for who he is and for what he has done. Then we worship God for who he is. Then we confess our sins. Lord, I have done this. I have done that. You know, I am a Chargers fan. I, I confess those, that sin. You know, I, I hope they win today, by the way, at 10. Let's pray for that. And the fourth aspect of prayer is a petition we ask. And, uh, and, and the Bible tells it in first in uh, Psalm 2.8, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And when it comes to prayer, when it comes to asking, <clears throat> there's a story of a guy from Vista named Julian who went to heaven. You know, he went to heaven, and he was, re- he was received by the apostle Peter. And the apostle Peter, uh, not Julian Chieto, Julian Godoy was his name. And he went to heaven, and the apostle Peter walked him in, and, uh, you know, they walked, the, the apostle Peter took him for a tour in, in heaven. And then they went to this huge warehouse with many pallets and many boxes, and all, all the boxes had labels with names, addressy, address, no, different addresses, people's addresses, you know, and dates. And some of these labels in these boxes said, you know, a, a college degree. Some of the labels said, uh, you know, a new, a new spouse. And some labels said, you know, healing from cancer. Some labels said, uh, you know, uh, a new job. And then this guy named Julian, Julian Godoy, not Julian Shadow. He was like, but what are these boxes? I recognize some of these people, some of the names and some of the addresses. And then the Apostle Peter said, well, these are the blessings that God had in store for, for their people for his people, but because they never asked, these blessings never left heaven. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, knock, and it will be open, right? Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. So we can pray because our prayers do not hit the ceiling and come back. Our prayers goes straight to God's presence. He hears them and he answers them as he pleases. So pray. All right, prayer. Uh, it's a little dark in here. That's why I'm getting closer to my notes, okay? But as we continue reading, uh, let's, let's, let's recap a little bit. So what are the, the, the marks of a healthy church? Sound? Intentional? Third? Devotion to? Devotion to prayer. Very good. You guys are passing the test so far. All right, so Acts 2, 44, 45 says... All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So in addition to, uh, to focusing on their doctrine and being intentional about their relationships and devoting themselves to prayer, they exhibited genuine compassion. They were willing to sell their own property. They were willing to sell their homes, their property, their land, you know, their cattle, to, to, get, to use the resources, the funds, to make sure that no one would have a need. You know, they were so closely related that um, they thought for them would be an inadmissible for some to have a lot and for some to have nothing. So they were willing to sacrifice their personal possessions to ensure that everybody would have enough for themselves. And that was so genuine. 
They did, they did not get anything in return. Giving to the poor or helping the needy was not a requirement for them to earn salvation because salvation is by grace, through faith, not by anything we can give or earn. But they were genuinely willing to give to ensure that no one around them would have a need. Isn't it great? And the Bible says on, in John 13, 35, by this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we can talk about loving each other, but we really show, we will really show that we love each other when we act, when we express our love with what we do. And when we feed the hungry, help the poor, clothe the naked, assist the needy, and help those in need, we are being like Christ because that's what that's what that's exactly what Christ would have done if you were, if you were with us today and that's exactly what he did when he lived on earth 2000 years ago all right number 5 let's keep on reading uh, verse 46 every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts now they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were intentional about their relationships. They were devoted to prayer. They lived, you know, a, a life of compassion. But also, every day, they continued to meet together. Every day in my world means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday again, and then Tuesday again, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they were together. They continued to meet together. I'll tell you. Are you guys recording this? Okay, maybe you have to edit this part. If my family gets together every day, if my in-laws and my mother-in-law and my mother and my brother and my uncle, if they visit more than once, two days in a row, there'll be a third world war. But these people here, not your family, I know, but my family is very unique. But these people, they were together every day. So the principle, the principle here is that despite of their differences, they were unified. They were united. So the principle is unity despite of diversity. And a great example of a church that was so diverse yet United is actually in, in Acts 13, verse 1. So would you please turn with me to Acts 13, verse 1, if you have your Bibles. <coughs> so Acts 13, verse 1 says, Now the church at Antioch, now Antioch was the, the greatest missionary church that ever existed. There were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now, that verse alone tells us of, of how diverse that church was. First, they tells us that, that there was variety of ministries. There were prophets and teachers. A prophet represents God to the people. And teachers, they teach. They teach from the word to the people, right? Now, Barnabas, we know that from other passages that uh, was the man that mentored the Apostle Paul after he became a Christian. So he was an intellectual. Paul was, a, you know, he was a, 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 a doctor of law. You know, he was an, ex, an expert of the Jewish law. So he was a very 
educated men. So if, 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 if somebody can train and mentor an educated man like Paul, he was an intellectual. Then Simeon uh, called Niger. And Niger, because he was probably called Niger because of his roots with Africa. So he was probably of darker skin. Uh, darker skin. Lucius of Cyrene, that means that he, uh, he was not as wealthy as, as uh, Manain, who grew up in the, in the palace. If you grew up in the palace, chances are you're not on food stamps, right? And then Saul. So that's the diversity. So I want you to do a, a quick exercise with me. Would you all get up for a second? Just get up for a second and look around. We are in the same church. And look how diverse we are. We have different, you know, we are different ethnically, socially, racially, academically, economically. You guys can be seated. But you get the point? We have, we can have... <coughs> I'm coming back from a sore throat. Can you hear me well? All right. So we can have all the differences in the world. We can have financial, economic, cultural, eth ethnic differences. But in Christ, we are one. In Christ, there's a line that connects us to each other. In Christ, regardless of our past, regardless of our differences, we are united by our mission, by our God, and by our destiny the new Jerusalem. Amen? We're going to be together forever and ever because of our Lord and because of our mission. All right. Uh, verse 47, it says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now, these people, they had all, they had all the reasons in the world to, uh, not to sing out loud. They were being persecuted. You know, these people, they were being killed by the Romans. They were being accused by the Jewish. They were being persecuted by, you know, by their own people who are not Christ followers. And they were being persecuted by the political power at, at the time, the Romans. And yet, they were praising God every single day. You know, mo you know most of these people here, they were under the poverty line. So they were poor. They were being persecuted. You know, they were being beaten. They were being dragged from their homes. They were being stoned in public places. Yet they were praising God. Right? So that means, thank you, Julian. That means that uh, even though we are unemployed, even though we are not married, or we are single again, or we're sick, or we're in the emergency room, like our friend Cody is, we have so many reasons to praise God. If you're breathing today, you have a reason to praise God. If you woke up this morning, there was a, a ceiling over your head. There was a reason to praise God. If you, were, if you woke up today, there was a tree over you. You have a reason to praise God. Not because of what you have around you, but because of what God is. Amen? Our, you know, our motivation to praise God should not change because of circumstances. Even though everything can, can go wrong, even though we may lose our job or family. Think of Job. We may lose our job, our family, our, our income, our friends. We still have our God who, is, who doesn't change, right? So we have an, a, a God that never changes, an immutable God. And so, so the principle here is ongoing worship. They had all the reasons to worship God, and we have all the reasons to worship God. Last year, in 2018, I had a chance to go to Kazakhstan, where uh, the one of the churches that I visited used to, uh, to move every single week. 
They could not, they could never meet in the same location for two Sundays in a row because if they did, they would all be arrested and thrown in jail. Yet, every time they met, they sang out loud, praising God. Last year also, I had a chance to go to Niger, Niger, Africa, where Boko Haram is killing people left and right. They're budding churches. And I was worshiping with these African leaders. You know, this is a country where you know, 98% of the population is, is uh, they, uh, they, are, they profess to be Muslims and they kill Christians. Yet, the, our brothers and sisters in Christ, despite of persecution, despite of, you know, having their friends being killed and having their children being, I don't want to tell you, it's too graphic, but you get the point. They were praising God. Every single day, singing out loud. Finally, I have two more, not one, but two more. Verse 47. Verse 47, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. All right. Thank you for the water, Julian. So, so these people from the early church, right? They were first-generation Christians. Their parents or grandparents did not grow up in the South. I know there are people from the South here. I'm from the South, too. South America. Their parents and grandparents did not go to Sunday school. Their parents and grandparents... We're not founders of First Baptist of Jerusalem. They were first-generation Christians. So most people used to know how they, they were like before. They gave their lives to Christ. But now the Bible is telling us that they were enjoying the favor of all the people. And all the people means people within the body of Christ and people outside the body of Christ. So the inference we can make here is that, the, is that they were enjoying the favor of everybody because of their testimony. So they had a positive testimony. Their actions were honoring God. Their actions were in agreement with their words. Right? Has anybody ever watched a reality show? Come on, it's confession time. I have. Can you imagine if there were... Can you imagine if there was a, pro, you know, a reality show? If you were in a reality show where you had cameras all over you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you had cameras, you know, recording you at home when you talk to your spouse. If you had cameras, you know, uh, at work when you were doing your business transactions. If you had cameras on you when you are talking to the opposite sex. If you had cameras on you when you are, you know, paying your bills and um, at your bank. Could we show our actions on church on Sunday morning? You know, do like a two-minute summary of our week. Would our testimony, would our lives bring glory to God's name or push people away from God? Guys, my life would certainly embarrass God a lot of times. And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm not... Asking you guys to be perfect, but I'm saying we should live lives that are God-honoring. Our lives, yeah, somebody said, you know, preach always and use words if necessary. I say preach always, use words if 
always, but also let your testimony speak louder than your words. 2 Corinthians 3.3 says that you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So if the Bible itself calls us letters, living letters, it means that people are reading our lives before they read scripture. And what message are we preaching with our lives? Before we open our mouths to preach the word of God. Finally, I'm almost done. I've said that twice that I know. Hey, most Baptist preachers have three points. I have more than three points, but I'm still a Baptist. It's three square, you know. All right, not funny. Never mind. All right, verse 47, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the principle here, can we recap for a minute? So sound doctrine, intentional, devotion to, genuine. Oh, you guys are reading. Okay, great. I thought you guys just had a good memory. All right, keep on reading, keep on reading. Number five, unity. All right, number six. Number seven. All right, go back to one because I need another drink, please. All right, I'm just kidding. So sound doctrine, intentional relationships, devotion to prayer, genuine solidarity, unity despite of diversity, ongoing worship, positive testimony, and finally, continuous evangelism. Now, the Lord was added. If the Lord was added people to the church, it teaches us that it's not about our programs. It's not about our equipment. It's not about our technology. It's about the Spirit of God, right? The Spirit of God works in conjunction with the Son of God to bring people into His presence to the, by the power of God. Amen? The Lord added to their number daily. Now, think with me. If there were people being added to the church every single day. Daily means every day, right? Seven days a week. So if people were being added every single day, people were accepting the gospel every single day because you know we know that no scripture tells us that people are become part of the church by believing in the good news of the gospel right so if people were believing every single day they were hearing every single day and if they were hearing the gospel every single day someone was speaking the message was telling others about the, the gospel every single day and if they were telling others about the gospel every single day so people could hear, so people could believe, so people could be added into the church, they were being sent out every single day. Romans 10 tells us, how, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Journey Church, wouldn't it be great if everyone, if all of us, boy and girl, man and woman, adult and child, shared our faith, not from the pulpit on Sunday, but when you go to, to, to our workplace on Monday morning, when we go like we are about to go, when we 
leave here to our, our children's soccer game, you know, on, on Sunday afternoon. When we go to our family gatherings on Saturday evenings, we have the privilege of being Christ's ambassadors. It's time for me to leave, I know. We have the, priv- the privilege of being Christ's ambassadors. No, the, God's representative on earth to share his story with the people around us. Continuous evangelism. And finally, a church will only be as healthy as its members. If Cody is the only one who believes in sound doctrine, if Mike is the only person who, is, who cares about relationships, if Nicole is the only person who prays, we won't be a healthy church. We'll have, help, we'll have health individuals. But the goal is for all of you, all of us, to live out these principles. So if you want to be part of this church that will become healthy, that will change the world, that will be part of fulfilling the Great Commission, would you please stand up with me? And I just want to pray with you. I am part of that, and I want you to be part of that too. And by the way, if you're visiting uh, Journey Church, and if you don't consider yourself a member of the church yet, I'm not asking you to become part of a club or a group. We want to invite you. To become, to become part of a greater group of people called Jesus followers. And all you have to do, all you have to do is believe that Christ died on the cross for you. And he rose on the third day so he could pay for your sins. And by believing that Christ died for you, your relationship with God will be restored. And the Bible says that your name will be written in the book of life forever and ever. No one will ever be able to erase your name from the book of life. So all you have to do. You say, God, here I am. Accept, accept me as I am. I want to live for you. Would you please close your eyes and bow your heads? Is there anybody here who would like to invite Jesus into their life? Would you please just raise your hand? You don't have to come forward. Just raise your hand. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else like to invite Jesus to be the Lord of their lives? Father, thank you so much for Journey Church. And thank you, Father, for the amazing work uh, that you're doing uh, in Journey and through Journey and around Journey. And I pray, Father, that all of us, all of us in this room and those who call Journey Church home uh, in 2019 will be healthier individuals and, and so we can have a healthier church that will honor you, that will glorify your name, that will make a, a huge impact in North County, the West, and the world. Father, thank you for uh, the person who raised her hand, uh, her hand to uh, receive you this morning. And I pray, Father, that she will experience uh, what it mean, what it really means to have you in our lives. And I pray that you uh, surround her with people that uh, will help her walk with you. Christ, thank you. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.